0: Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, another crazy week. All these weeks are crazy. And the reason why is very simple. Donald Trump. I mean, I've never seen any person, forget president, dominate the news as much as this man. Many things I don't even care about, I wish we did not have to listen to, but we're stuck with him and he's there and he manipulates and he controls and he dominates. So I'm going to get into the show tonight and talk about some things, some involving him, some not involving him. I want to start, though, with something that happened to me this past week, Uh, I can generally be found at the chart room here in Key West. Now, the chart room is part of the pier house. The pier house was built in 1968. The chart room was a little bar in the place at the time in 68. The chart room, the pier house rather, has been remodeled three times to the tune of millions and millions of dollars. The chart room was never touched. It stands today the same as it was when it was built in 1968. Except today it's old. It looks old. It's funky. It's Key West. It's old time Key West. Pictures of people all over the place, <coughs> excuse me, etc. And that's where you normally can find me on an evening. Now, I don't, it's hard for me to know what people like and dislike about this show because I do not get comments back on the show, it isn't set up for it. I know that a lot of people listen to the show. I know my numbers keep going up every week. The show's only been going three years. I have advertisers. I like Geico Insurance, <laughs> Old Navy. I didn't seek the advertisers out. They come to you based upon the numbers, as they call it. Uh, but I don't know what people think, what they like, and they don't like. I just know they keep coming to listen. Whereas with my blog every morning, I get comments in the hundreds uh, that goes. That show goes out 12 different ways on 12 different sites I have numerous comments And I can get a judgment What people like, don't like It uh, really doesn't make any difference I say what I want to say every morning But I'm happy to get the interaction And I'm happy to know who the people are And where they are that are reading it uh, And so forth So, in comes Jenny I, I forget what night it was I think it was last Thursday night In comes Jenny uh, An attractive woman It turns out she was 40 years old. She sits down next to me. She starts talking to me like she knows me. She said, you don't remember me. I says, no, I don't remember you. Uh, And she says, well, I was here last November with my husband. She says, my name's Jenny. That didn't ring a bell. She says, well, we're from Arkansas. My husband's a dairy farmer, and I'm a librarian. It hit right away. The bell rang. I knew because I recalled... Nice evening. I had long conversation with Jenny. I didn't remember her name, but I recalled her husband was a dairy farmer, and she's a librarian. Uh, she was not with her husband. He's back home dairy farming. Uh, but she was with her mother-in-law, Rita, and we had a very pleasant evening chatting. And Jenny's a smart woman. Uh, she doesn't agree with everything I write or I say, rather. Uh, but she doesn't expect to. She likes the way I say things. You know, sometimes she, she says you balance things out. You say, this is the story. I don't agree. Here's why, blah, blah, blah. In any event, love Jenny, love the fact she uh, listens to this show. She says, every Tuesday night, I pull up a chair, sit down, because all you can see is my picture on the screen. Those of you who are listening right now mm-hmm. know that. Uh, she says, but I read your blog every morning. And she says, I bought your book, Ermin me, and read that. Now I triple love Jenny. Make a long story short, I have decided that periodically I am going to dedicate this show to some person. And you got it. Jenny's the first one I'm going to dedicate the show to. Uh, why? Because she listens to this show. She loves it. She watches it every night. <clears throat> I'm honored. I'm pleased. I'm humbled that she she likes my material and enjoys it. And so tonight, Jenny, this show is dedicated to you. I hope it's good enough that you will enjoy it also this evening. From this point forward, I'm not going to dedicate a show every week, but I'll dedicate one every now and then. It may not be necessarily to someone who, watches the show or listens to it. It may be to someone has nothing to do with the show, but I'd like to say, good job done, okay, or something like that. So that's the story and dedication. Thank you again, Jenny, for being the person you are and the loyal supporter you are. I want to start tonight with Donald Trump's attorneys. I mean, this guy's in terrific shape. He's got the world crashing down around him. I, I can't believe he's going to survive all of this the, the stuff that's hitting him. Uh, but he's losing attorneys. They resign. He fires them. He's got so many different problems going. He's got different lawyers for different things. The most important thing, though, for him is the impeachment, the Mueller investigation, the possible impeachment. He needs the best lawyers in the country for that. Absolutely no question. And as it turns out now, he's only got one attorney left. On that, and his name's Jake Sekulow, S E K U L O W. Now, the Mueller investigation is not kid stuff. This is big time, probably the biggest platform uh, or one of the biggest platforms in the history of this country. Jake Sekulow is an old time friend. He's not a criminal attorney. He's not an impeachment attorney. He's not really a Washington attorney. He is an attorney with connections, however. He runs not-for-profit organizations, not-for-profits, okay? And he has one of the largest not-for-profit groups in the United States. He's a high-living executive. I did a little homework on him. He, He travels in limousines, private planes, uh, he is the 13th highest paid not-for-profit executive in the United States. Now, that's pretty big. Uh, he and Donald Trump have a lot in common. They both have gone bankrupt. Uh, Trump with his businesses, apparently, Sekolo personally. In 1987, Jake Sekulow filed bankruptcy for $13 million. Lots of money, $13 million. At the time, he only had $600,000 in assets. Sekolo is not the guy that can handle this case. I'm sure Sekolo knows it. Trump is out looking for an attorney or attorneys to fight Mueller. This is a hell of a time to bring new people on board. Uh, But he's got to find them. It's almost a desperation situation. And he says, there are a lot of Washington lawyers that want to work for me. I don't know who. Well, let me tell you something. No Washington lawyer, no big-time lawyer in this country wants to work for Donald Trump for two reasons. He doesn't pay his bills, just like the vendors in Atlantic City that worked on his casinos. He ended up not paying a lot of them, letting them sue, negotiating, cutting them off, paying them 10 cents or a quarter on the dollar in the end. Lawyers don't work for nothing, especially in cases like this. You're kidding? This is one of the biggest things that's happening. Uh, the other thing is, he does not listen to his attorneys. A lawyer cannot be responsible for his clients being saved or not saved, for saving his clients, as to put it bluntly, unless the client listens to him. And no lawyer wants to represent or continue the representation of a client who knows everything and doesn't listen to his attorney. So that's the two reasons he can't get a lawyer. He doesn't pay, and he doesn't listen to his lawyer. So no one's going to go out there and bust their ass for him and save his ass if possible because he doesn't listen and he doesn't pay. Now I want to talk about what's going on in the world a little bit. We have so many things going on, but how many things do we know about? How many world events do we really know about today? We know this past week, for example, about Stormy Daniels. What else did we really hear about this week besides the stripper and the lawsuits? She and Trump and Cohen have gone back and forth. Not much. We didn't even hear that much about the Mueller investigation. This Stormy Daniels thing took everything over. My God, wild. Well, bad. Because there's more things happening in this world than the Stormy Daniels situation. I want to say something about it very quickly. I watched the 60-minute show Sunday night. I must be in the minority. I did not find her credible. Uh, I I wasn't impressed with her case. She said things, but I didn't believe her. Oh, I believe she had sex with him. I I believe she had sex with him. But a lot of other things I, I just couldn't buy. Uh, I'm not impressed with her lawyer. I think the whole country's impressed with her lawyer. He's doing a hell of a job. He's fighting her case in the media. He's fighting her case on television. Well, not where a person's lawsuit is fought. It's fought in the courtroom. A totally different ball game. a totally different war. It's like gunfight at OK Corral when you're in the courtroom. That doesn't happen in the media. He sits there and he comes up with these cute sayings. And, you know, uh, the show, for example, Sunday night. He promised so much that was going to be revealed. He promised too much. He produced too little. I didn't get that much information out of it, okay? So he's playing a good job for the media. Everyone now saying what a great lawyer is. And I'm not them. I know great lawyers. I don't know of his background in California. All I know is, where the hell is he getting the time to do all this work for her? Because he hasn't been paid, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, I would be shocked if he's got more than a 5000 or $10,000 retainer or any retainer at all. He's working on the come. He's working towards the day when Donald Trump says enough, and she's got a big paycheck or she's given permission to talk, and then she's going to write a book and make a few million dollars, and he's going to have a piece of the action. Uh, so that's where I think this thing's going. This thing's never going to really end up in a trial trial sometime. And again, uh, I hope she comes out all right, but I, I just don't buy – I buy what she's saying about sex. I don't buy the other crap, and I I, I don't – I'm worried about how she's being represented You know, two of the biggest lawsuits in the country, her lawsuit, Trump's problems, and neither of them may have competent attorneys. Okay, now I want to talk about the economy. The economy's going down the tubes. Listen to Lewis. Last summer I said, by the end of this year or early into next year, the market's going to crash. I'm not an economist, but I'm 82 years old. And I've lived through the, the mark, stock market crashing several times. You develop a sense for it. I've lost money in some of those crashes. i made money in some. But you develop a sense. And I said, it's going to happen. Remember it happened? It went down, what, 1,000 points, 700 points, went some more, up, a little bit, and down. And last week, because of the tariff thing uh, that Trump was promoting, uh, and uh, it went Down again, what, 724 points in one day. Well, that's one of the reasons we're having trouble. uh, Trump with the tariffs. Also, our dollar is weakening. Hear what I'm saying. There's something called the petrodollar. Years ago, I don't know how, but all the countries in the world, or 80% of them, agreed that any petroleum, any oil bought and sold would be bought and sold with American dollars. They called it petrodollars. This meant that we were going to have money moving around the world. This kept our dollar strong. Well, because of Trump, everybody's on our ass now. They sense we're weakening as a nation. And all of a sudden, China said, we're not going to do business with the petrodollar anymore. We're going to take the yuan, Y-U-A-N, their dollar, and that's going to be the new petrodollar, our yuan, okay? And Russia said, oh, good, we're going to join you. Why not? <laughs> and Iran joined them. Then, what, several months ago, Trump said to Venezuela, we're going to invade you. I do where the hell you got this crap from. He's going to, inv- you know, invading Venezuela is like invading Coney Island. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And it's the giant, it's Samson and Goliath. Anyhow, so what did Venezuela do a couple of weeks later? They went off the petrodollar, <laughs> and they went on the yuan. Uh, and then they went into their own, now they're going back into the yuan. Uh, Turkey's done the same thing, and so have other countries. The dollar has been kept strong because of the petrodollar. We're losing the petrodollars. We're not feeling it that much yet, but we're going to feel it more and more this year, and we could be in trouble by next year because of that. Now, and Trump's contributing all this to devaluation, okay? Pakistan. He said something nasty about Pakistan two months ago. The next day, Pakistan, we're off the petrodollar. We're going with the Chinese young. Uh, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and he's causing us trouble, folks, economically, and we're going to be in trouble economically. Uh, this is a busy week we have coming up. This is a religious week. Uh For Catholics and Christians, it's Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday. For Jews, it's Passover. I'll be celebrating Passover. I'll be doing the Seder on Friday evening with Donna at her daughter's home. I've been doing it with them for the past several years. Her children come in from all over the United States, grandchildren. There will be 40 of us sitting in her daughter's backyard enjoying uh, brisket and all the rest of the things that go with the Seder. Uh, Easter Sunday, I'll be with Lisa, be with Lisa and the family, enjoying a Happy Easter Sunday, and I'll cheat on my diet and have a little candy. The kids get candy in their baskets, and I love, I love chocolate bunnies, the hollow ones, and they always buy me one. And that's the story for this week. There's also something else that's happening though this week: the Final Four this weekend, big time college basketball, Loyola, Chicago, Kansas, Michigan villanova loyola loyola chicago i gotta tell you something i mean hey they're the surprise they never should have been they are and they're in the final four they were ele- an 11th seed no 11th seed has ever made it to the final four god bless them i hope they win i think villanova's gonna win though their, their team has been very good the last three or four years. Their their coach has matured tremendously. He's shelf. And I just think they're going to do it. But whoever does it, God bless them. It's exciting. Final four is exciting. I've been to four final fours, three times following Syracuse, and one time just for the hell of it. Want to talk about Mitt Romney. I am very disappointed today. Disappointed to the point of being upset. What's the story? Uh I admired Mitt Romney when he came out and he talked against Donald Trump during the campaign, and effects of this guy's crazy he's an asshole. I'm using my terminology. Uh, I admired the man. He, he, had, he had the brass testicles to stand up and say, "You're a bad man, Donald Trump. You shouldn't be elected." And then after Trump got elected, there was Mitt Romney in the Trump Tower uh, in New York on 5th Avenue in New York City, sitting down with Donald Trump because Donald Trump was considering him for the position of Secretary of State. And Romney, wanting the position, swallowed his pride and played along with him. And to this day, I believe Donald Trump just brought him there to demean him, to embarrass him, to have him come. the throne kneel down and say i'd like to work with you mr president and trump saying i consider you we'll see and then trump deciding to go with someone else embarrassing mitt romney well mitt romney's now running for the united states senate seat in utah he's from utah he's a mormon utah is a mormon state it's a republican state no question mitt romney's going to get elected i thought well it's his time now. He may not be president. He would like to be president. But he's going to be a good voice in the Senate. He's a conservative, but it'll be a good conservative voice. The man knows right from wrong, and he supposedly has God in his heart all the time. Well, I want to know today where his heart is and where his humanity is, because he announced today. He says there is no path to citizenship if people are here illegally. There is no path to citizenship if people are here illegally. There is no permanent residency if people are here illegally. And he's against giving citizenship to the 800,000 DACA's. Yes, those people, some been here 30, 40 years, fought in our wars, gone to our college, our doctors, lawyers, engineers, pay taxes, but their parents brought them here illegally. But they've lived their whole lives here. They don't know what the hell it is to live in Istanbul, Iran, Colombia, wherever they're from. They've never been there. Right? But he doesn't want to keep them here because they're in here illegally. So they can't stay and they got to go home including the 800,000 DACAs, where, I thought he was a man of religion. He's a Mormon. Where is he, his religion? The evangelicals are the same, the, who support Trump. I can't understand why a religious group, purportedly as religious as they are, the evangelicals, can support a man who's a whore master, goes out and screws everything that's walking, speaks poorly of women, and they're, they're clo- they close their eyes to this. Because he's helping them. Whatever their needs are, the evangelicals in the political arena, he's providing it, and that's why he's got them. That's being a whore, in my opinion. I'm talking about the evangelicals being whores. Now, there is an idiom out there that you all have heard, and it's don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't throw the baby up with the bathwater. Well, I'm saying to Romney and everyone else, Don't throw God out, okay? Uh, You're supposedly a Mormon, an evangelical, religious people. But I'm beginning to think you're religious in name only, okay? Especially when you take the hard-ass line against DACA. There is no justification for this type of behavior. I want to say something else. The Catholic Church, my church, I'm a fallen-away Catholic, but I believe, my church joined hands a couple of years ago with the evangelicals in this country. They move along the same paths, supporting the same causes, decrying others. The Catholic Church doesn't believe, belong in the arenas also that the evangelicals are in. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Separation of church and state means keep your you, government, keep your ass out of church, and the church, keep your ass out of the state. Governments and the federal government. I'm expressing myself tonight. I uh, want to talk now about something interesting. <laughs> you know, here, here we have these tariffs coming into play. We're going to have wars, uh, exporting, importing wars. Who's going to raise their price on this, lower their price on that? There is a business that's doing very well in this country, Uh, that I just became aware of, and I'm going to share it with you. I find it very, very interesting. And that is the demand for American sperm. Yes, the sperm from a male, that which helps to create, you know, unites with the woman's egg. And now we have conception, and ultimately a child, a baby is born, Well, the demand for American sperm has skyrocketed in Brazil, of all places. Brazil. Why? Wealthy Brazilian women, wealthy single Brazilian women, rather, and lesbian couples, they want Here's what they want. So you can, you can order what you want. I didn't know this. When you're going to take someone's semen for artificial insemination, you can tell them what kind of a DNA you want. And you know what they want? They want blonde-haired, blue-eyed, fair-complexioned donors. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed, fair-complexioned, and if possible, with a few freckles. And they're getting them. They order them this way, artificial insemination, and that's what they get when the kids are born, and most of them are born boys. Now, how's all this? In 2011, which is, what, seven years ago, only 16 tubes of semen were sent from the United States to Brazil. The semen is frozen in liquid nitrogen and then flown the, an airplane to Brazil. In 2017... In 2011, only 16 tubes of frozen semen were sent. Over 500 last year. The demand is up. The demand is big. Again, the Brazilian women, they're importing the DNA of young U.S. men, blonde-haired, fair complexion, blue-eyed. There is one particular donor who's making a hell of a lot of money. He is with the Seattle Sperm Bank. He is only known by his number, but his number is famous worldwide, especially in Brazil. He is 9601, 9601. He provides, he guaranteed you're going to have blonde-haired, blue-eyed, fair complexion baby, and he's the sperm provider most requested by Brazilian women. I want to talk about the March by the High School Students this past Saturday. Uh, from two perspectives, stay with me here. I found it very emotional. I watched it on television, as most of you did. I cried. I was shedding tears here, there, and everywhere. I I mean, I couldn't believe these kids. You see, when I went to grammar school, we had fire drills. This goes back to the 1940s, high school. I was in high school till 53. We had fire drills. These kids are having drills to make sure they can protect themselves if someone comes in shooting a gun. Hard to conceive if you haven't experienced it, but they have. They've lost their best friends. And I was impressed, 800,000 in Washington. In Key West, we had a 1,000 marching from the Atlantic Ocean to the Gulf of Mexico, 1,000. And we had speeches big time, okay? Okay. Uh, couple of things i want to share with you they are going to change the world as regards guns they're going to change things in the united states nra has met its match ain't gonna beat these kids okay uh, it's, it's amazing, okay, it's a revolution, it is a revolution and they're going to knock the NRA on their ass over a period of several years they talked about Mark Rubio, he's a big supporter of the NRA he was a big supporter the day of the parade, he was a big supporter of the NRA Sunday the day after the parade, he says these kids don't understand it won't last what they're doing, they are a threat to the second amendment, And but You know, he didn't tell people. He got $3.3 million from the NRA, Marco Rubio, and he's got an A-plus rating from the NRA. He sold his soul to the country store, the country store being the NRA. I'm telling you something right now. This was presidential timber. I thought in 2020, 2024 he would run. Uh, He ain't going to run. If he does, he ain't going to win. This man can't win for dog catcher. He has had it. Isn't it amazing how something like this can change things, okay? All right. Now, having said that, what happened the next day? They marched on Saturday. They were impressive. The speeches tore at your hearts. The NRA came out with a retort. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And here's what the NRA said about the students who marched on Saturday. And I quote, Saturday's student-led march for Our Lives event was nothing more than a globalist-funded communist campaign. Communist campaign, you hear me? In which the marchers themselves partook in trampling not only on their own constitutional rights, but the constitutional rights of their fellow countrymen, in an outright push to further ban, suppress, and limit the Second Amendment. Communist campaign. I haven't heard a communist campaign. We're starting to hear it today because we're back filling around the Cold War at Russia. I haven't heard that in 40 years, though. Wrong. Wrong. What the hell? They, they think they're going to bullshit these kids. You can't bullshit kids. You can bullshit them when they become adults and they, they develop fears and uh, insecurities. But you can't bullshit kids. Uh, some of them are going to vote in 2018. Many of them are going to vote in 2020. They'll be 18. And after that, they are going to be the most influential block of voters in the United States. Well, I want to go back to again to uh, Stormy Daniels, the stripper. Uh, I don't mind she's a stripper. I enjoy watching strippers. I haven't done it in years, but I just enjoy going and watch. Uh, again, I wasn't impressed with her 60-minute pre- uh, presentation. I thought it was too much. Uh, promised and too little delivered. Uh, I wish her well. I-, I don't know what's going to happen. Let me just say this quickly. Remington Outdoor Company filed for bankruptcy Sunday, the biggest producer of guns in the United States. They're into a Chapter 11 proceeding. Last year, under Donald Trump, was the worst year of sales they have ever had, and they are forced into bankruptcy. That's my show for this week. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you for joining me again. I love doing the show Uh, I hope you return next week. Ask your friends to join you or to listen in. I would appreciate it. Thank you again, and uh, I look forward to being with you next week.